0: Salam, salam from Stony Hill. This is the Rorschach Ethiopia update from the 21st of April 2022. A quick summary of what's going down in Ethiopia. Russia's invasion of Ukraine is nearing its second month with no end in sight. Two weeks ago, on the 7th of April, the General Assembly of the UN voted on whether or not to suspend Russia from the Human Rights Council. 93 nations voted in favor of Russia's suspension, while 24 voted against it, including Ethiopia. The spokesperson of the Ministry of Foreign Affairs, Ambassador Dina Mufti, said that Ethiopia does not believe in isolating nations. He said that there was no benefit in suspending Russia and that Ethiopia wants the war to end peacefully. He concluded his speech by reminding everyone of Ethiopia's close relations with Russia. Speaking of the war, this past week a lot of Ethiopians have been gathering just outside the Russian embassy and that is because it was said on social media that Russia was hiring Ethiopians who were willing to fight in the war. The embassy's press attache said that the claims were false and that the people that came to the embassy were there to show that they were on Russia's side. The Ukraine embassy in Addis also said its say on the matter. The embassy said that if an Ethiopian died because of this war, it would be very tragic for both Ukraine and Ethiopia. Back home in the conflict up north, there was good news. On Thursday, the 14th, the World Food Program (WFP) confirmed that 50 trucks containing a thousand tons of cereal, 700 tons of health and sanitary equipment, and 150,000 liters of oil reached Tigray's capital, Mekelle. The food will be distributed to western and northern Tigray this week. The program planned on reaching 43,000 people that are in urgent need of food. The WFP also said that it is willing and ready to continue helping. The U.S. took note of this and thanked the government and the Tigray's People's Liberation Front for allowing the donations to go through. However, it also urged them to end the conflict once and for all. In related news, Ethiopia was voted as a member of the executive board of the WFP. Even though the WFP and other donors are helping a lot, it seems like it's no match for the dire circumstances in Tigray. The Associated Press report that because of a shortage in medical supplies, 141 patients died in the hospital in Mekelle. 60 died of kidney failure due to dwindling dialysis supplies and 81 because of the oxygen shortage. On top of that, the UN says that 90% of Tigray's residents need humanitarian aid. A few weeks back, we told you about the controversial national exam and the Amhara region's Education Bureau delegation that discussed the students' results, while well, the Ministry of Education revealed on Monday the 18th that students from areas that are at war can take the exam again this year. The ministry also decided to allow students from the Amhara region to take the exam again because of the technical mistakes made while marking the papers. The ministry also decided to admit more than 4,000 students who had scored more than 50% from the Amhara region who weren't previously eligible for university placement. The ministry explained that universities will expand their capacities to admit these students who'd been affected by the war in the northern parts of the country. Students admitted can check in which universities they've been placed by the end of this week. Speaking of controversies in education, there were some serious backlash this week after some schools in Addis did not allow Muslim students to leave school to say their afternoon prayers. The students had to leave and say their prayers during school hours because of the Ramadan fast. Season, which began two weeks ago. After protests on social media in the streets of Addis, the city's Islamic Affairs Council held talks with the Education Borough and the Borough agreed to let students out of their prayers. Remember when we told you about the arrest of members of the Balderas Party on accounts of attempted instigation of riot? Last week, all of them were released on bail after suspending 40 days in prison. Speaking of prison, according to the BBC, a former top government official, Barakat Simon, is on hunger strike because of his recovery to be transferred to a prison and Addis was denied. But the Amhara Region Prison Commission said that they were not aware of the strike. Barakat was charged and convicted for corruption and was sentenced to six years in prison. He's already done two years. A few weeks ago, the National Dialogue Commission held its inauguration and it's been hard at work ever since. Even though the government said that the commission was all-inclusive, one thing is still unclear. Can entities deemed terrorist organizations participate in the National Dialogue? The Prosperity Party's Vice President, Adam Fahara, was asked this question in a TV interview last week and he said that the commission gets to choose who participates, not the Prosperity Party. But he also pointed out that there's a law that prohibits terrorists organizations from participating in the dialogue. It'll be interesting to hear the decision of the commission in the near future. It'll also be interesting to see what the government will do about the crazy inflation rates. The Ethiopian Statistics Service has revealed that the numbers compared to last year, the inflation rate has grown almost 35 percent, and food inflation is even worse. It has increased 43 percent compared to last year and 1.5 percent compared to last month. The inflation has resulted in price hikes on everything, cereals, edible oil, soft drinks, coffee, and many other products. Speaking of coffee, the Ethiopian Coffee and Tea Authority revealed on Friday the 15th that Ethiopia has exported almost 900 million U.S. dollars worth of coffee in the three quarters of the 2021-2022 fiscal year. How much coffee was exported to generate this huge amount of revenue? The Authority's Deputy Director, Shafi Umar, said it was 210,000 tons. Ethiopia is the world's fifth largest coffee exporter. Now some updates on the COVID-19 pandemic. On Tuesday, the 19th, Ethiopia recorded the 10th consecutive day without a single fatality of COVID-19. And on the same day, the Ministry of Health revealed that out of 6,700 people that got tested, only 17 were infected with the virus. The Amhara Bank said that it is wrapping up preparations to launch its services soon. The bank said that it has acquired a banking business license from the National Bank and has been working on choosing locations, hiring workers, contracting with core banking technology providers, and Ethio Telecom. The bank is a share company with over 190,000 shareholders. On that note about banks. The national bank has urged customers of every bank to update their information. A month ago, the bank postponed the deadline for two months, but apparently there are still many customers that are yet to update their info. If you haven't done it, don't worry, you've still got a month. All you have to do is pay a visit to your bank's nearest branch with your ID. Ride-sharing app maker, hybrid designs founder, and CEO, Samrat Fikro, revealed on Tuesday the 19th that the company will begin operations in five cities. The app is currently only operational in Addis. The CEO said that the company currently has more than 42,000 drivers, and $50 bur or $1 billion U.S. dollars worth of cars registered. Ride is a ride-sharing app similar to Uber, founded seven years ago. The whole week was spent without hugging or kissing amongst Ethiopian Orthodox Christians to commemorate the pains of Jesus Christ. On the 22nd, Good Friday will be celebrated to commemorate Jesus' crucifixion. On Sunday the 24th, Jesus' resurrection will be celebrated. We'd like to wish you a happy Ethiopian Easter. That's it for this week. Thanks for joining us. Want to help us out? Hit the subscribe button. Let us know your thoughts and ideas by emailing us at podcast at rarshock.com. Ciao.